0: How's everybody doing? My name is Cena Palavon, and welcome to episode number 61 of the Talk Too Much podcast. This week, I interviewed the man of the hour, Hunter Orel. Hunter is the founder of Future Proof Media. Future Proof Media is a Web3 media company dedicated to covering all things Web3, but that's not the most interesting thing about Future Proof Media. The most interesting thing is their roster. It's full of all stars, whether it's Hunter, his little brother, Dylan, Tropo, The Economist, LDF or VGF. If there's any others, I'm sorry. This roster is full of key players that are going to make waves in this space. I really love doing these interviews with people like Hunter. Sometimes you come across certain people and you just know to yourself, they have it, you know, and that's Hunter to me. Hunter is not just a guy that spreads positivity and stays true to himself. You know, he's really authentic. You're going to see in this interview, but he has that conviction and that work ethic that one percent of the people on this planet do you know when I talked to Hunter I said to myself this is a true one percenter to me what equals a one percenter isn't just someone that works extremely hard and provides results and has something to show for it yes Hunter has all that and he's growing at an astronomical rate but to me when you mix that with being just a solid ass dude a great person with great conviction that is a true one percenter but Hunter isn't just running a web three media company he's also had his hand in in a couple nft projects as well he helped start blute uh beanie's nft project for those of you that don't know and he's also coming out with his own nft project called 5555 i really think you guys will enjoy this episode because hunter and i are two like-minded people who've had kind of similar journeys you know we were both that weird kid in high school and even throughout college that just stayed true to themselves and stuck to what they like to do you know hunter when he was in high school most people were going out to parties having fun this dude got all his friends in the library and said, "Hey, let's start a software company." Ten people walked out, two stayed with him. That's the type of dude he was at 16, 17, 18 years old. So imagine what he's, what he's going to be at 28, 38 and 48. You know this guy is really a stud, and, and it was really a, a great time for me to, to do this interview with him. He taught me a lot, but more so than that, he just showed me how you're supposed to attack this space. Be a good person have that conviction stay true to yourself and work hard i hope you guys enjoy this episode let me know what you think let's get into it the graph is an indexing protocol used to query data from blockchains player to player networks or just storage networks like ipfs why is the graph so important no application can be built upon these networks without the graph think about how long it would take to find one piece of data without the graph The graph lets you index any blockchain, any storage network, any player-to-player network and grab whatever piece of data you need to build the application you're building. The graph also makes data an open market. You can signal your favorite subgraphs on the graph's decentralized network to earn more GRT. That's right, data is an open market. You can earn more GRT by picking the right subgraphs. The Graph also has the SubGraph Studio, where you can actually create your own SubGraph and publish it on the Graph's decentralized network. This means other indexers can come in and signal on your SubGraph. Connect your wallet to the Graph's website and start signaling other SubGraphs or publish your own SubGraph today to earn more GRT, developers, crypto investors, NFT collectors. Wherever you find yourself on the Web3 spectrum, The Graph is without a doubt one of the most vital protocols to your niche's success. Web3 marks the ushering in of a new technological era. What this means is that all data is stored and processed on open networks with verifiable integrity. And The Graph makes all this data accessible to you in a fast, easy, and secure manner. Visit thegraph.com or check out any of their social media pages to find out how you can play a role in their ecosystem. All right. So thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, I've been following your account for a while. And I wanted to do this episode with you because I think you started something very important in Web3. And that's that's really starting to me a, a legitimate NFT media company. And I know there's a lot of others out there, but I've been following Future Proof and the way you guys have been going, going about it. And you guys are doing podcasts, newsletters, everything. And for me, I was actually paying attention to like the Mark Cuban and the Bitcoin thing the other night. And I'm sorry, yeah, that to realize was that was funny. That was crazy. And I actually wanted to get into that uh, later on in the episode at the very end, um, because I feel it was just a I, when I was listening to it, um, I saw you also commenting on that stuff. But I, I was very like, I'm actually very curious to hear your thoughts on how both sides are, are attacking the argument. But besides the point, um, I really wanted to do this episode to talk about the media, NFT media and why it's important. And so to start this off, if you could please introduce yourself and uh, tell me mm, why you got into crypto and why you decided to start Future Proof. Yeah,
1: so I got into crypto. Um, the whole reason I got into crypto is because I was procrastinating for exams back in like early 2015. Um, and I remember like where I was sitting, what table. I remember the conversation, what exam and, I, you know, especially the person who brought it up. Um, and it's funny because, you know, they they brought up oh have you heard about Bitcoin and yeah I had um, but then they were like well there's this new thing called Ethereum um, and they're like you know it's all the way up to a hundred dollars already and um, you know that that sparked some curiosity and I I stuck around for a year and a half before you know corporate and real world stuff and you know getting a college degree took over my life. Um, and so I've kind of been in the shadows. I held on to some stuff, not everything. And then end of 2020, uh, Top Shot coming out, I basically found out that, you know, here's here's what NFTs are. And it, it took me down this big rabbit hole of like exploring and understanding, wow, like this is Ethereum's a platform. DApps are going to be huge. NFTs, digital art, collectibles are going to be huge. I, I'm a firm believer in digital asset. Uh, growth over the over the next couple decades here, um, and especially I see where like the younger generations are headed—you uh, know, being mobile first and you know very much entrenched in the the digital world—and um, so I went from having you know, a stock portfolio, of retirement account, to having nothing, going full in on NFTs, full in on crypto. Um and realizing like from past mistakes, this is like the time to you know move with ultra conviction. If if it was there, Um, I currently run a Web three media company called Futureproof. We're very much focused on bringing content that you might see from a traditional media company. Um, However, the flair and kick is that we're approaching everything with Web three in mind. So, is there distributed ownership to a show? Are shows, you know, controlled and in input by a community? Um, how is ownership of things handled? Uh,
0: things like that. Can you please explain that? Just because that was that was interesting. So because I was thinking about doing that because I, I really I use this show for my clients. And I, I just so you know, I, I got hired by this company out in Vegas called NFT Stadium. And I mm-hmm. build I build NFT projects for for key brands, kind of like what NFT is doing. Sure. To a smaller degree. What did you mean by that? Because I was actually, what I want to do is use this show to like leverage from leverage the show for my job. But you just said something interesting. You said you wanted to like decentralize your shows. What do you exactly mean by
1: that? So I'll, I'll preface this with I think we're almost too early. And I, I think, I think that's where we're going to see a lot of great ideas die. And it's not going to be on execution. I think there's a gr- lot of great operators in the space. Um, but I do think that we're going to see a lot of areas that are, you know, we're just too early. Um, you know, I, I'm, I think I can't remember what like company was, but I think somebody tried to like do Uber before Uber did Uber and, you know, just too early. Like it wasn't it wasn't time. Um, so, you know, I think when it comes to like traditional media they found a machine and a cycle that works really well. And to just continuously do that and be entertaining and make it stick and to, to create shows out of this machine, um, you know, why, why change if it ain't broke? Um, I think if somebody can figure out how to do that with a web three, you know, distributed ownership or, or whatever it is, um, there's potential for them to, to have a disruptive model to that, Bring ownership, bring power back to the people that matter the most. Um, empower the viewers and the consumers, not the people at the top.
0: Let me let me take this back a bit because you just said something uh, very I, I, that caught my attention. You said that when you got into crypto in twenty fifteen, right? Mm-hmm. You said that you started off uh, by by procrastinating for class. I was mm-hmm. just going to ask uh, why why do you think sorry to go back all the way there, but why do you think you were procrastinating at that time?
1: Uh, So, I I mean, I've never been a, uh, you know, a real like student, Um, you know, I was the guy that instead of, you know, studying or like doing homework uh, in high school, I was thinking of like, how do I start a software company? Um, And how do I, you know, how do I learn this and that? Like, it's always been about like investment growth, building. Um, And so to sit in a library at 11 p.m., in the middle of Virginia learning about, I, I've, you know, I, I'm not, not to say I don't think that mechanical engineering has its validity because I went and did it. I understand that, you know, there degree. it's it's a very, you know, interesting, uh, area, but I realized very much, like I don't want to go and learn, you know, fatigue analysis and do that for the rest of my life. That just isn't interesting to me. Um, and so I think when you find something that's interesting and, brings passions together, you should go and chase that. And with NFTs, it's the collision of, you know, collecting, investing, um, flipping, auctioning, creating, um, you know, finance, like all these little things that I'm very, very much passionate for and have been like, there's been key parts of my life where I was like really into them. And like, I just, it was like, hey, this doesn't make sense. I don't know how to like make this a long-term thing with NFTs. um, And I'm learning more and more each day with like even DAOs. It's,
0: I don't see myself doing anything else. It it just makes sense to me. And I can 100% agree with you on there. I I even don't know how to explain it. I don't like when, do you have any friends that aren't in Web3 that you talk to continuously, like consistently? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, how how is it talking to them? Like, is it, I'm not trying to, like, I do too, but I'm just saying it's, I have, I feel like I look at everybody not in Web3, not in a like egotistical way, just differently. Like, what, like, I kind of like think to myself, like, Web three is like kind of like the most, one of the most important industries tech in general, but I always, it's, it's like, sometimes I look at people and it's like, why don't they get it in a way? Do you ever kind of like feel like that towards other people? Yeah. I, I think, I think it's really hard
1: for people that either don't have that mindset or that framing or, you know, everybody comes from different backgrounds. You got to have empathy for that. You got to understand that not everybody's going to think like you, um, you know, even people like my girlfriend, very, very close college friends still like, look at it. And they're like, I don't get it. Um, and that's, that's fine. Like there's going to have to be a progress of things that happen to make it click for them. Um, and I'm not gonna, I, like, I think the biggest thing here is, especially on the education front, having that patience, understanding it's not going to click for everybody, understanding that even though you're getting it today, it might take one, two, three years for that person you're talking to to finally go, Oh, I get it. Um, And I think as long as you're not trying to push and as long as you come at it from like an empathetic way, your conversations, those interactions that don't always go positively, um, that's, you know, that's the best way to handle each of
0: those situations. Let me let me ask you this, because just to comment on that, it's. I kind of have this like desire. I see some certain people like I I always just want to like help them. I'm like, come on, do this, do this. And I kind of agree with you where you just said don't push because if you do push, that's when you kind of seem like you're egoing somewhere. You push them away, but you mentioned earlier when in 2015, when you got into crypto, you were you saw two options. You saw ETH and BTC. You heard about them, but Mm. you were more interested in Ethereum. And I started I wouldn't say I wouldn't say back in 2015.
1: It was ethereum for me i would say it was bitcoin because i own the narrative okay. and i think at the time if i and again this is like i'm going back to like my mentality back then i think i thought okay i see i kind of hear ethereum's more than it, it's got smart contracts but i did understand what smart contracts really meant right um and i just saw bitcoin as like hey this is there's fixed supply there's you know all these different things i didn't truly understand the the financial devices of um and so I think I mainly owned Bitcoin, I owned a, a little bit of ethereum and I think I own some and then I got into like all coins and stuff and it was like, oh, this is like private transactions and like this, like I don't think at any point there though like and I think this is the reason I like stepped away. I was like, wow, like I saw it changing the world, but I wasn't like, holy crap, like this is gonna disrupt everything and like get into you know become this huge disruptor that I see Ethereum becoming today. And I don't want to say I'm a, an maxi. I'm I'm very much of the mentality you should never be a maxi of anything. And we can get into that discussion with like Cuban and what happened there. Um, But I do see like, I think Ethereum's positioned better than other coins currently. I think they're coming at it from a standpoint of like how Apple operates, which is you don't always have to be first, but if there's something that works well, figure out how to do it the best and then put it out.
0: yeah, that's just kind of like my my philosophy right now I I joined in on 2020 and I kind of started with Bitcoin too and I I'm I'm starting to I was a big okay I once I heard, learned about nfts and I saw all these like like pomp for example let's just let me use pomp because he's probably one of the greatest crypto marketers but if you're if you're deep within the crypto space a lot of people look at him as just a boomer and no disrespect to pomp he's obviously one of the goats I respect what he's done but my thing is kind of like when I would start to see that kind of media marketing, when NFTs were just blowing up, like Bored Ape started and like literally these this industry is like expanding. And then I look on Twitter and I would see like Bitcoiners just talking about Lightning Network and it would just piss me off. It's like, that's boring. And I know that's an opinion, but it's just like I kind of it's not that I cared about Bitcoin. I kind of was just like, why aren't they paying attention to this new novelty if they're so? Well, into here's marketing. the big thing, like. I, on a day-to-day basis, I don't know what's happening
1: with Bitcoin because my, my circle on Twitter isn't talking about that. Now, does that mean that there's nothing happening over there? No. And that actually concerns me that I've become almost part of like a, a community that's like NFTs, NFTs, ETH, 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 and <laughs> understanding what's happening over in the Bitcoin community, what's happening um, in different, you know, chains, understanding exactly what's happening there instead of just opinions of different people is probably the smartest and most like, you know, responsible way to get your information, understand what's happening and make an opinion for yourself. Um, so like, you know, I, I don't expect for, if you join the, the Bitcoin community, um, like pomp may have, they're not thinking NFTs because their you know, their conversations aren't like, Hey, like let's do, what is like the next smart contract or what is the next DAP? Um, I think that's part of where the issue comes from. And I think that's part of like the whole discussion around communities. Are communities walled off? Are they intertwined? How is information flow between communities happening? Um, I think it's really fascinating because I think we're entering a community economy, like where economies will be run by different communities and different communities will have their own economies and ones that figure out how to work together and be symbiotic will, will grow even bigger. Um, it's something that
0: I'm very, very deeply passionate about and interested in. I actually like, so you're kind of, it's kind of like a community science, it's like a new type of science. It's what, sure. what impact a community can do. And I personally, because um, you just mentioned that you're not really, you you focus solely on the NFT space, similar to me. I do follow like Pomp and, and like maybe one other Bitcoiner, but I, I'm, I'm kind of like you. But my thing is this is. There's so much in the NFT space alone. Like, I've, I'm starting to pay attention to Solana NFTs because I, I'm building a cu- couple uh, co- projects out for eSports teams, and I think Solana is going to be a very good gaming chain. So for me, it's kind of like I can't afford... I What is there for me in my head? It's like, I don't know if I can allocate time into Bitcoin, but you just said something smart, too. You're just It's just like, it is worrisome for me, too, sometimes. Like, I do want to pay attention what's going on in the Chainlink community, the Bitcoin community. But I wanted to ask you a question. Is... When you back when you started into Bitcoin and you, because I invested into Bitcoin first and I also transitioned into ETH, and I wouldn't say I became an ETH maxi, but I was really into ETH for a bit. Now I'm kind of like still always ETH, but I'm evened out. What made you like look at ETH and say, oh, that's it? As opposed to Bitcoin, was it? Was there a moment? I mean, got- it, it, it really does come to
1: like what happened with like Top Shot NFTs, understanding that you can build different applications on top of you know, Ethereum and that Ethereum isn't a coin, it is a platform. You know, again, I think the the best analogy I've had is that like the Ethereum foundation is to Apple as the iPhone is to Ethereum as dApps are to iPhone apps. Like that's, that could be completely wrong. Like people can disagree no, with I me, but that like way. that's kind of how I framed it in my head where it's like, well, what's, what's coming next? Like what else is going to be built um, you know, because there's decentralized finance, there's staking, um, you know, NFTs. What like there's gonna be something else that comes next year that none of us were expecting. Um, that really. I think really also kind of like validates like, oh, having something to build a platform on and have all these different options is is extremely powerful.
0: So you think that kind of like okay, so kind of like uh, how ICOs were big in, in twenty seventeen, then it was DeFi or twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Then s- there was a year where everybody got wrecked. Then it was NFTs. You're saying there's something that else that's about to come that kind sure, of sure like there could be. You know? I I don't know. Like this is speculation,
1: but I think in the progression of you know inventions and new technology, there will be always be something that comes next. Um, and I think the the thing is like it's probably been brought up. But it just hasn't gotten that mainstream, that marketing. It's not sexy, quote unquote. Um, that it hasn't like picked up steam anywhere, um, or it hasn't. Like we just don't know. But I think there's always going to be progression around ETH. Like that's how I, the vibe I get from it. There's always going to be something new, new, you know, ways to disrupt the the current world we live in.
0: I agree. People always look at market cap as a measuring metric, but I also feel like there's intangible metrics that we just can't see on paper. Like, for example, all these protocols being built on Ethereum, like you just mentioned. But the other night, and I want to really quickly address this. The other night, I was we were just talked about listening to that Mark Cuban versus the Bitcoin Maxis thing. And I found that to be, on a Saturday night, one of the most entertaining things, you know, I could do that night. But for me personally, I wanted to ask your opinion. I felt like both, I felt like Mark Cuban handled that very well. Mark Cuban put on a master
1: class in how to handle a situation when it gets heated, when you don't agree and how to just have abundance of patience, empathy, um, keep your cool and just not like, don't worry like what the other people are saying. Just speak, speak what you believe in have. And he also came into that. Like truly he could have come in there and been like, you know, I'm way more successful than you guys. Like you're just some (laughs) like, He was just well composed. I I mean, I I don't think anybody could have done it better than him.
0: No, 100%. And I was going to ask you is, do you, are you thinking like, do you think that's bad for the crypto Web3 space in general? Because we just talked about this term community science. But in this like discussion, we're, we're fighting the government trying to, you know, control regulations. Do you think it's good for or bad for the community that, you know, we can log on to spaces on a Saturday night and have one side of crypto basically go against another side in a way?
1: I don't so I don't like, like the like back and forth, like the the headbutting, right? Um I I think division's bad for for communities. Um I do think that while it seemed like headbutting, I think that at the end of the day, some people probably walked away from that and learned something from both sides, right? those people are the people that won. The people that didn't win are the ones who went, all right, now I'm an ETH maxi and now I'm a Bitcoin maxi and I'm never going to look at the other side. Like, I don't think that just completely walling yourself off and saying like, well, I just, I, I don't agree with those people at all. And they're idiots. That's not the way and not the scope of, you know, the situation. Um But I do think it was good to have that conversation. Like there were points that were brought up that I was not aware of on both sides. And it made me think, Um, but I do think some of, you know, the conversation definitely pushed me to understand like why I lean towards like Ethereum being a winner um, for certain applications. Right. I'm not going to say it's going to be the best of everything and number one, but I think for um, mass adoption of like NFTs and decentralized finance, Ethereum, uh, Is is in a strong position.
0: The way I see it is, you know, I kind of like listening to that talk. I kind of started to, uh, how do I say, like, not be so uptight towards Bitcoin because I'm kind of like you. I'm not a Maxi, but I lean Ethereum, and I'm 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 confident about that. But you know, I kind of started to open up to the belief that you know Bitcoin because I always said to myself, like, why use Bitcoin as a store of value if I have Ethereum there? I do believe. They're, they both can act as store of values, but like listening to them talks, I do kind of view Bitcoin as kind of like a very, very safe decentralized bank account and a store of value, store all your money there. And I, I kind of started to loosen up and start to see both sides. I wanted to ask you if do you see this becoming like a, a problem as as NFTs get bigger? Do you still think we're going to have to face the Bitcoin versus ETH debate? Okay. I mean, yeah, sure. I think
1: there's always going to be debate from you know certain holders and say like, oh, this is better than you know this. Um, I don't. I don't know. That's that's an interesting question. I I think as more and more people use NFTs, um, I think that there's going to be other chains that you know do stick around longer um, than others. Um, and I do understand that you know. As you know, we saw, radio progress to TV, progress to computer, then go to di- you know to mobile for uh, how is like video consumed. We're probably going to see that in some kind of aspect along the lines with you know all these different digital assets that are coming along. Like, is there a better way to do to consume a different type of digital asset? Probably. Um, is Ethereum right now, in my opinion, the best for certain things? Yes. Um, and the long term, I, I'm assuming I'm, I would put my money there currently, but I'm open to it. Like that, I think that's where like people need to understand is like, look at look at the media industry. It never, it's always changed. It's always improving, changing. If you stay stagnant and you say, hey, this is going to be the winner forever, you're probably from the history books, not going to come out all right because things change, improve. Unless you pick a horse that is going to always be like you Know the best improving, changing faster than anyone. Um, but I'm I, like I said, I'm, I'm not gonna say one thing's better than the other. I'm
0: always reevaluating my positions and you know what I'm looking at. I also, you know, I give I apparently like dApps can be starting to be built out on Bitcoin with slacks or whatever stacks that that right. I think if there's
1: like wrapped Bitcoin, and yeah. um, I'm, I'm not fully educated on that, so I won't really speak to it. Um, but I, I do understand like Bitcoin. Is looking for ways to to fill in like gaps and become, you know, be
0: able to more play complex, in different ballparks. Yeah, more dynamic. yeah. I was gonna say this is uh for me why I lean ETH is because I see the the future of of the metaverse on Ethereum in the sense of what it can really be, a, a true sure. digital realm. And I actually something about you is you're you're part of Ready Player DAO. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could please, because that's honestly I, I listened to a spaces the other day and It's something that motivated me to start a gaming guild. Everybody was saying, listen, you're going to want to be part of a gaming guild in like three to five years. And I was just like, I heard this. I was like, why? And then that's when I started to understand that, okay, well, if in 10 years from now, I say this on my show, I truly believe we as humans, 10 to 20 years, will go to the, put on our VR headsets and earn income for our families through play to earn gaming. And most people, call me stupid literally when i say that they laugh at me and ego me when i say that i was going to ask you i was going to ask your opinion what made you join ready player dow if you could please explain what it what that is exactly so ready player dow is a dow that
1: essentially focuses on play to earn and metaverse gaming uh as investments um, the reason i chose to become involved besides the fact that much you know many of the people that i respect the most the community um or we're joining um is that i really do think if we look at axes there are things that Axie does really well and there are things that i think they do poorly and i think that you know again this is like time will tell do they do they make changes do they win um i think i think gaming is going to become a job for some people right and, you know, a lot of the hours that people have spent grinding in different games, let it be, you know, World of Warcraft or RuneScape to get resources and there's auction houses. Like that wasn't, there wasn't a way to take that and then go put it into dollars or Ethereum, right? And so you had an in-game currency. Well, what happens when that becomes something that people can just buy? Um, and there's liquidity too, to real world assets. Um, and so to see, you know, a player be able to go play and get money from that. And, you know, I, I just see that becoming really big. What happens when you can go and wager $5 on a Fortnite match? And if you win, you collect a pot. When that happens, I mean, I, I, Epic Gaming is currently set up to be probably uh, one of the biggest winners to come out. Um, they're thinking really big. Um, but I, I do think that we're, we're heading that direction where, hey, I don't want to spend 30 days trying to get to this sword in this game. I'm just going to go buy it. It's an NFT. Why why
0: do you say that about Epic Games? I know we heard about their news, but what gives you that? I mean Tim definition? Sweeney like he's just
1: he's come out time and time again and said like, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking metaverse. Epic Games is going to build, you know, they and they've also shown that their Epic Games is not um they're not turning their head away and saying like, "Hey, it's too early, we don't get it." They're very much leaning into we believe that blockchain and digital assets are like the future of gaming. Um and we even saw like steam said um i think they banned yep. uh blockchain games plated gaming um and then epic games said come on over here oh. like we'll, we'll take you gladly because i think that they just see where the future is going they're making those bets they understand that they're risky they're going to be expensive but if some of them win they will disproportionately return and win in those 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 areas,
0: you know, you always like I heard you just say, like people always say we're still early. We're still early. And when people say that to me, like, okay, you said earlier in this interview that some ideas do die because they're great, but they're too early. And that is true. But I always attack every situation like, okay, it's still early, but someone has to make it get there. Why can't I try to do it in this situation? That's kind of how I approach it. So I feel like Epic Games, if you really think about this company, they're in a real position to create a Metaverse that's in my opinion, it could i S- somnium space decentraland a uh, crypto voxels epic games could create something that's even bigger than all those and use all their games. as like oh, they like have all this IP behind it, yes. which is really powerful. And I think that's
1: the framework people need to start thinking in. Um, whether you're an esports team, uh, an actual you know gaming company, a movie um what studio, is that what, what could they do with it? I mean, so they have IP. You could do anything. Like that's, that, that's the big thing here is that if you have IP or you want to create IP and then find a way to monetize that or build on top of that using the blockchain, it's extremely powerful. I mean, look at, so like I'll use an example here of almost like the reverse. Look at what Gary Vaynerchuk has done. And I think the two, and I feel like there's a triangle here of different ways to approach this. Um, and so you have like V friends, you have Adam bomb squad. And then I think I'm picking like a hybrid of how to approach this, but Gary said, Hey, I'm going to draw these characters, make them as NFTs. And then I will build out the IP around each one. Right. And they have Adam bomb squad who's been around for 18 years and he's built the, the lore and the IP around each of these different characters and drawings and created a lifestyle brand around them and then went to blockchain. Um, and so like, those are the two different directions. You either create the IP, bring it to the blockchain and reward those holders and give them access and utility. Or you can go make the IP, do your own stuff outside of the blockchain, then bring it and say, hey, it'll get you access to different utilities.
0: And you say you found yourself in the middle?
1: Yeah, so I think, I think when you start to think of this as, if I can bring the community that is going to be owning and buying these and let them have influence into it, If I can have a way to put out this stuff in my own media sort and build around it, um, I can almost hybrid crowdsource build out this sort of you know media that has decentralized ownership around it. Um, And I think where I start to and why I always think like are you too early is where in here can it fail? Where are consumers really ready for this? Um, And like the scale the scalability of us really is where I think we're almost too early. Like is 10,000 people enough? Is that a national, is that an international brand or is that just like, you know, you haven't done enough. Can it grow? Um, I think pixel vault's done a really good job because they're thinking like huge, 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 like how can tens and tens of thousands of people get into the project long term, but aren't they
0: emulating there's, their game is supposed to be the blockchain version of Fortnite with a social platform. That's what G funk said on Twitter once. Sure, I,
1: I, I, am not. I can't really get into the stuff there, um, because I'm not sure, like, to what degree, um,
0: how far along are they, or something? How
1: long? I, I, don't know where they stand there. I know, like, they're with the planets right now, um, but like, as far as like gaming, I don't know, like, what they've solidified and like they're truly going to do. Um, so I can't really speak to that, but I, I do see, like, you know if you can empower consumers through ownership of what you're building in that IP, I I just think that that's the future, um, how that's exactly done though, there's going to be some winners. There's
0: going to be some losers. That's all like, it's it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Because I'm starting to picture when you're talking, I'm starting to like think of how how you're actually planning this. And so when you say decentralized media ownership, so let's use future proof as an example. And I'm trying, I'm trying not to like,
1: because this is like this is great because I actively have these conversations every single day where we're looking at, hey, is this IP we want to build out? How does this empower our owner? Or hey, this is really cool. An owner would love this, but does this like does this actually need the blockchain, or can this go be its own like brand on its own? Or can we go do this without the blockchain? And so I think. I think when you find something and it's just like, oh, like that makes sense, that's a great opportunity. Instead of just saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an NFT, I'm gonna do that. Like, I don't think when you try and go out and find it and do it and force it, it'll work. I think when it just naturally pops up and you're like, oh, like great, this solves this and this solves this and it works. That's when you find something that really, really organically should be there
0: and likely has a higher um, upside know, percent of surviving okay. okay so what i what i, I kind of relate with you in the sense of like when you say decentralized media ownership just to put, put a, a picture on it do you mean like okay let's say there's future proof and future proof releases a collection and let's say just a hypothetical obviously it's gonna be way bigger but let's say there's 100 tokens and us we buy 100 tokens right me and a couple others are you saying we have a certain like ownership of future proof and we could input on like for example what interviews what direction future proof media goes Sure, like that's and that's one flavor of it
1: there's other ones where you have no say and you get you know you can go and stake a percentage of tokens and earn something that get like that those tokens be used to buy like merch or they could be used to buy ad space or like when you start thinking about like that and that's the biggest issue here is that like we're we've been like Shown like this is how a traditional media company works, this is how a traditional DeFi project works. When you start saying, How can I like change this and do something completely unique here? And does it make sense? Does it empower people? That's when we're going to have one of those things that's like, Whoa, I never knew you could do stake to do that. Like that makes that blows my mind. And that's kind of the area that I'm trying to approach, as long as I don't think I'm forcing it, and as long as I think that it has like long term scales well um and is not like a one off. I'm I'm thinking for on a 40 year time frame. I think there's tons of ways that I can make money in the next 6 months, but I don't think it it rewards my holders and my supporters and like I'm most concerned about building a strong community, making sure that I put them before myself. I would much rather see the 1000 people who are supporting me right now all right around in Lambos while I'm walking to where I need to go, because that would make me feel far better than me being the one person that says, look at how well I'm
0: doing. That's for sure. Going to be a clip. Great, great quote there. Great quote. I, I definitely want to say that I kind of relate with you just in the sense of I'm always stressing myself out I'm, because I'm about to start my first project. I haven't like, you've been part of many projects. This is my first one that I, I'm actually building. And I, to my sense, an esports team And my head was I kind of, when you were saying, like, it's too early, I kind of saw it the way you were talking about it. Like I relate in the sense of, like, you have these ideas. You have, like, a, a, a vague picture, but you just don't know. And you know it could be good if it's executed, but, like, you don't know if it can attract, like, the scalability needed. Like, for example, for an eSports team, I was thinking about, like, a doubt. But what, what play to earn? Like, what can... There's no, like, professional tournaments for, like, eSports teams yet in play-to-earn gaming. That's way too far off. And and so that's where I kind of agree with you in in that sense. So my question is this. To me, the NFT space is, like, changing, starting to change more and more each day. It's like sometimes I I log on Twitter, and I remember, like, it started off one-of-one art. Then, just like you said, it was kind of like we're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day where we're collecting these collections and trading Now, there's like platforms. There's so many different use cases. It's growing every day. Do you feel like how do you think the space is growing? Do you feel like it's actually growing super fast so much that sometimes you can't keep up? Yeah, I think it's growing pretty fast. I think what's growing faster
1: is supply, right? And that doesn't truly mean the space is growing every single day. You might have like a thousand new projects come out every day, and one of them's like, different because of the art but i would say like 90% of what we see coming out right now is the same kind of you know template with different looks um and it's very hard within all this noise to find things that are truly different pushing the space forward um just because there's so much happening um i i, I don't know i'm trying to think of like a good example but like with all the mecha first doodles, doodles. Um, I, I, so like, I have nothing bad to say about doodles. I I think my initial concerns there were just on like ownership. And I think this is a great thing for people to understand is don't make assumptions. I think I made some assumptions and I'm learning. Like I I'm only 27. Like, I I think there's things that, uh, I'll learn with, you know, age and also having a following. Like that's, that's also been hard to, to try to like understand, Hey, I, I don't have only like 50 followers anymore people like there will be people that care what you say and you can't just go you know throwing things out there there's also head like, about
0: that because you have you've grown quite quite a bit i remember i started following you at like 19k followers and you've been growing tremendously like do you ever get in your head like damn should i have said that on twitter or do you just go yeah to-?
1: i mean i think every once in a while i'll tweet something and be like that was an impulsive thing <laughs> um and it's hard right like i i think i think i think you gotta take a step back, and there's some you know maturing that needs to happen across, you know everybody here who who's grown, um, because there's a lot of eyes looking at you. I also have people that you know my what I do and say can have impact on their lives, even financially. Like me going out and saying like I don't know about this project, if I'm wrong, even if I'm right though, like I'm I'm impacting people potentially. Um, and I don't want to have a negative impact. I'm very much a positive person. I'm all about, you know, being authentic, about you know, not spreading hate, making sure that the, the community feels love, making sure that um, you know, organically, like it's a good place to be. So I, I don't know. I've I've definitely made some missteps, right? Like I, I think the doodles tweet was a little uh, early. Um, And I think uh, when it comes down to like art, if you like it, great. If you don't, it's just not for you. But everybody's going to have different tastes. There's a reason that, um, you know, uh, some people look at a a piece of art and be like, that is just a red square with some like, you know, dots on it. There's a reason some people will pay $80 million for that red square, some dots on it.
0: And I, I feel a lot of like that about a lot of projects. I think historical significance and culture attributes to that. But I wanted to ask you because... You, you keep referring to, like, your positive mindset. And I, I'm, I made a, a post about this yesterday. Like, there's two sides to the space. Like, us within the community building it. People like yourselves that are trying to push the space forward. And then, like, the brands on the outside looking at, over at you guys and trying to follow suit. Like, the corporate brands saying, oh, they're doing this. Let's try so Can we leverage this technology? And I've learned this. i I building my brand within the space but dealing with those people you have the mindset necessary for this space to succeed in the sense I, I, ke- I had this conversation with my bosses, like, for us to make a project work, we, we need to do what you just said is we need to 100% wake up and, and look in the mirror and say community before us, that will actually drive that's the business model that works in web three. And I think that that's where a lot of people are, are not really grasping it. What I was going to say is, do you see a difference? Do you see do you think that a web two, not even a web two, a traditional business mindset, can apply the same strategies in this space and succeed? Or do you think you need to full on put community first? Because for me, I've noticed in this so space think, and, but like that's that's fascinating that you said that.
1: Like I think the companies that are doing well and or like positioned to be around f- for you know, in the next hundred years in the traditional business space Web 2.0 have put community first, they've put their customers first. It hasn't been a me, 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 give me money, you know, we're just gonna, you know. Pump, pump the the farm here, like I think they're the ones who have been saying how can we provide value? How can we put you first? How can we how can we make your day better? Um, those companies are the ones that I know can make this transition pretty well. I think the ones who have been the hey, you are a consumer, you give us money, you get something. that is that is our relationship are the ones that will struggle the most will probably try to come
0: in and fuck their brands the hardest. And I I kind of uh, like that's what I was noticing is is like you really can't like the community will this community like they're great and they're open armed, but they will spot like if they spot a scammer, you're done. Like that's kind of like political suicide in a way. That's what I've noticed. And I was going to ask you is what do you see like because you've been part of of I don't know what your life was like before Web3. But uh, you've you said mechanical engineering, but in in Web three, I've noticed that you've been part of certain projects like Blue, uh, and you have a project coming out soon. Is it five 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 five? Yep, what's what called. So, what's your experience like building these NFT projects out? Are they is it like stressful? Has it eaten at You has it been as I've I view it as to be very hard because you have to actually create a community around a project. So, what's your experience been like building these projects?
1: Yeah, I mean, so like Blue was stressful from like, you know, there's a lot of eyes on you. Um, I think five, 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 five has been, has from a different perspective, made me appreciate what it means to be a real operator in this space. And I hope other people, you by, uh, can
0: you explain that real quick?
1: Yeah. I, I'm going to, and I hope other people can like get a chance to like build their own thing and understand that to build something that's real and is not a scam is not a cash grab. Um, and to make sure like you want it to be perfect and you're going to have some decisions in there that really make you, it, it, they'll show like I could have taken five, 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 five and done IPFS and just pre-generated them. And I could have just dropped it and sold out, but it wouldn't reward my community. So I did a whitelist and I didn't think that some of the whitelisting stuff was fair to certain people because it prioritized first come first serve and that doesn't sit well with me. So I did a raffle system. Um, and doing this fully generative on chain and making sure it's truly generative where it happens at mint, you know, has required a full rewrite of all the code and like going back to the drawing board on, on the tech stack on how it's getting done. Um, like even the rarities and this is like, this is where I think but people don't understand is even doing rarities was a, I was like a week long thing because, if you do a project, and this is more to like the generative art side, right? A project like ringers and squiggles, many people are going to look at it and be like, that's so easy to do. It's just because they were early. It's really not. When you get down to it, the rarity, the distribution, making sure when it's fully random and anything can happen that every single time it'll re- like reward something interesting, unique, and it'll be like, oh, that's crazy. But I know it's from this collection, but that one's really special and different. That's that is so hard to do. I mean, the the math on it, even alone, like on distributions.
0: Are you, distributions, are you doing I, the code? Are you doing the coding?
1: Yeah. So the, the coding, um, so I originally did all the coding and then to make sure things ported over to oh. work well. I've had somebody helping me just making sure like. Hey, like when, once we get it like into a format, it'll all work. Um, So he's been helping me just on making sure it all works at the end of the day. And I'm not spending an extra $20,000 to get it uploaded. Um, So minimizing some of my like redundancies,
0: um, within codes, so that's been really, really fun. So, um, one thing I want to ask you is, number one, that's super impressive to me. That's actually insane um, that you actually are coding it yourself. Uh, so I'm drop. not doing the smart, I'll, I'll say that I'm not doing the smart contract because that's... still you're doing the the art, right?
1: Right. But it's JavaScript. It's not like, it's not it's oh, not yeah, like, it's, JavaScript. it's not like a <laughs> AI. Mo- so my background, like the last three years, I've been overseeing artificial intelligence um, for our large camera brand uh, in North America. So, I mean, I do have coding experience. I, I have some, like, it's not like I just like, oh, I'm going to code. Um, and I have done a, a software startup in, in high school and a college as well. Um,
0: so that, I do have a, a pretty
1: decent software background.
0: That's just crazy how you ended up here and how everything in your past is kind of like, kind of in a way prepared you for what you're about to do. And, like, and that's why I think... If we wrap this all back to the beginning of the episode,
1: the reason I got into NFTs, the reason I said let me literally take everything but five thousand dollars and put it into Ethereum, is that it is really truly the collision of every single one of my passions, every single one of the things I identify as a unique, you know, a skill set to me. I think a lot of the weaknesses that I've I've found in other areas aren't present here, um, and I even thought like my personality and my mentality and my ethos is perfect for the space. So um, I just decided like when you have that opportunity and I've missed I've missed like two or three in my past that if I look back, I'd be like, great, like I'm good for life. And I was like, this feels exactly like those last two to three. I'm it's just time. Like you, you can't think about it. You can't overanalyze it. It's a gut feeling just go. Um, And that's kind of been
0: working out okay i guess i, I can i i want to ask you a question regarding uh, the IFPS in a sec but uh i kind of can relate because this earlier this year so i started this show uh, episode 1 it was it was a web 2 marketing show up until about episode like 24 i oh, interviewed wow. the, Very the cool. bi- yeah i interviewed the business exec of blockfind that's when i just my friend came over i haven't seen him in like 6 years it's the first time we hung out and he just like yeah, well, I'm in a crypto now. And he's like, have you heard of NFTs? And I just I just didn't even know what they were, but I just looked at him. I was just like, that word. I was like, what does it mean? Once he told me, I literally had a light bulb effect. I just suddenly started DMing everybody in the space. And that's. I didn't even look back. I I, I told all my clients at the time, I was a freelancer, we're done. Uh, like at that point, I, it wasn't that big. They were just organic content. Uh, but anyway, you said that when you were building 5555, that <clears throat> you didn't go use an IFPS and... I wanted to ask you your opinion on this because I've this is something that's been stressing me out because I'm I'm making it like I am a big uh, sports fan and in sports I don't know if you know who Israel Adesanya is he's a a UFC champion but he always says like I want heads on my mantle like I want each fight to be important and I kind of view that with my projects I want it to make the most out of these projects but you kind of said something interesting you said that you are like you are gonna take the extra steps to make these projects on chain like that's you want to reward your community can you talk about what? Because I heard that doing it off chain is much more easier and, and much less stress. So why yeah, I mean so like on chain?
1: There's there's two different ways to approach a generative art project. Um, and one is going I like just straight upload to IPFS, which is just you know file server hosting, um, that's or fi- file file storage. Hey, that's centralized. Say that again.
0: That's kind of like a centralized model in a way, right?
1: Yeah, I believe. I, I don't know. I, it, it might be because um, you pay somebody and they post they yeah. it. and um, But like that's to do something like that. I could essentially generate a thousand images, click, drag, upload onto IPFS, and then serve those to a collection and I'm done. Like there is no like, and now at this point when you mint, um, technically all I'm doing is I'm pointing that image to your token and saying this, this goes here. And I technically like, and this is why like with Mechaverse, like if you're doing it that in a way where it's like, there's a reveal after the fact, technically the people that are doing that project can go and be like, Oh, let me see before I release all the metadata. What is what? And that's what they did. I heard, right. That was the accusation. So yeah, supposedly I think that's kind of what happened there. Um, And so unless it's like instant reveal at mint, it's truly like, is it generative? No, because it was pre-done. Um, and even if it like it tr- like reveals like right away, like you can do it in, in different ways. Um, it matters if it was done and minted and generated by the person who clicked mint or not. It, it's it's truly, and I understand like Beanie's gotten up on his soapbox and yelled and said, like, hey. <laughs> if when you click Mint, it isn't uniquely created at that moment, yeah. um, it's not generative. I agree with that. I do too. So building something that I am I keep saying, hey, I'm going to be here for 40, 50, 60 years or whenever I decide to, to kick the bucket, um, it felt... And I, I, I had the moment. I, I originally was going IPFS with a pre-done thing. And it was just like, hey, I have a thousand images here in a folder. Let me upload them. And then people can mint those. Um. And even though like, I wasn't going to reorganize stuff, I wasn't going to game it, it felt like it didn't feel right. Um, and then when people tell you, well, hey, it's going to be costly to do it the other way and it's harder and it's going to delay this. And I was like thinking about my community and I was like, well, wh- what if we just get the money now? Um, like, th- is that the right move here? And I just kept going back to, it. does it's not the right way to do it? And in 10 years, you're going to look back and say, that was a really, really short sighted move. And that's that's why I've gone the direction I've gone. Um, I, don't, I really don't ever want there to be a question of, hey, is Hunter here for like the next year? And then when the bear market comes, he's gone. I'm positioning myself so that Future Proof and me
0: personally can make it through a winter and still be here when like it comes back. So that's interesting you say that. Number one, I feel like, yeah, I feel like no one, everybody in this space should know you're going to at this point, you're solidified. But what do you mean by make it through a winter? Like, do you think that do you mean like just selling off your assets when they just tank, or like what can happen during a winter that would make someone stop? So I, I think this is every single person that's
1: listening or making money right now needs to, to reverse engineer. Reverse engineering is probably the miss, like the least yeah. used thing in the space. And I think it would be very beneficial for everybody to look at their situation reverse engineer it find the like the weak points and then say how do i reinforce that or how do i have like a parallel you know income stream to that um, if that 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 process breaks so for a creator right now it's super easy to go make some some money if you have a following and say hey i am making this piece of art it's a 20 edition go buy it for 0.1 great what happens though when Nobody wants to buy art because there's tax implications that the government announces, or Ethereum is super, super high and nobody wants to spend money anymore. Or Ethereum tanks and nobody's, you know, there's no value to to it. Not not that the, like these are like I'm just giving you hypothetical
0: yeah, possible situations.
1: But if the model, the current model and situation that we're in now abruptly changes and no longer your way of making money exists, or there's no liquidity in the market, nobody wants to buy or nobody wants to, like that could drastically change a lot of people's lives to where, oh crap, I quit my job to do NFTs full time and collect and flip them. But now when I buy stuff, I can't actually sell them because nobody wants to buy it. Um, I think we'll have something like that happen. It, it could be, tomorrow it could be in six years ten years I don't I don't know but I'm saying I'm positioning myself where I have I'm not building it off of one thesis and the reason I'm doing that is I've taken a step back and said well what when's the most blood been in the water it was 1718 right and we saw a lot of companies like you know if you got 10 business cards at a conference in 1718 maybe one of those companies is still around probably not probably all 10 are gone. Um, and why is that? Because they all had a bull case for these ICOs, this you know finance model that quickly dried up and went away. And they had, it was, they had one business model and like one business case. And if you're thinking, how do I diversify, make things, different income streams, different strategies um, for, for sticking around, I think you de-risk heavily. And that's what I and Future Proof have done to make sure that, let's say NFTs stop becoming hot. Okay, great. Is web three still gonna be a thing? Sure. How do we
0: like how are we positioning ourselves from a business standpoint to still be operating? So you're going back to the community science kind of thing where even if let's say our overarching community like suffers a hit, you're gonna be able to appeal to other communities and enter other communities to make sure you got and keep covering web three in a way. Sure. That plus
1: like if let's say even the communities lose interest can I go to a a large corporate player and say, hey, I have this, this strategy department. They can help you prepare for when things come back. Is that a revenue stream? Of course. Or I have something that's a consumable, that's a media piece that I earn an advertisement fee on because people are watching. That doesn't cost money. That's just having attention. So if I can have attention viewership and generate revenue that way, I don't have to sell an NFT for $500. So, there's just like understanding that, hey, if I have this one revenue stream that relies on these conditions and that breaks, oh shit, my income comes to zero or my revenue for my business goes to zero. Can I figure out other things that they all can't break at the same time?
0: I'm gonna ask you two more questions. How long did it take you? Like, we're like, at what point in your life did you kind of accumulate this business acumen where, like, most people, like, I've just noticed while you were talking throughout the interview, like you'll just suddenly have an idea and be like, oh, but I could do a deal here. Oh, but I could strike up a deal here. How long did it take you? Were you always like this? Because you did start a company you said in, in high school. Is that when it started? Or do you think this is something you built through time? Um, it's funny. Like I remember growing up with my brother Dylan, and we were like
1: six, five, and like we would play with toys, and the games we would play with like ETVs and like cars were business related. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm like racing. It was like, oh, it's what is the business behind this? I was a kid who would go down to the end of his street. Again, I lived in a rural area, so there wasn't a lot of people and I'd sell one cup of lemonade that day. That was a win for me. Um, I was the kid who at a soccer tournament, I even remember this, begging my parents to let me buy a lawn tractor so I could start a lawn business and them telling me, like them telling me, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think that's the track. Like that's just been my, my thing. I don't get ex- like I had this conversation the other day I don't get excited from going to a store and buying a watch. And I've had people tell me, Oh, you should go treat yourself. It doesn't excite me. I don't feel like happy me having like something and being like, Oh, like we have a business out of this and we're, we're going to like have an impact and um, provide a resource or value that like Doing even like this, like it's like this is far more rewarding and exciting to me. Um, so I think the process of it all uh, is why it's just ingrained in me. I, I couldn't explain why it's like that. Um, my dad ran his own you know his own business uh, you know since a, a young age,
0: and I don't know maybe they they instill that yeah, in that me. Has to be but some DNA genetics—if your dad was a businessman his whole life, like that yeah, hasn't mean, been it, passed down. In a way, I, I don't I don't know. I can't, I couldn't explain it, but
1: it just didn't. That's, that's just kind of how I've always been my entire life. It was, you know, be that guy in high school that during a, you know, a free period when everybody could be outside, like doing stuff or like hanging out or, um, playing games on their phones. I literally told my friends like to meet me in the library at like a long table, like a board table, pitch this idea for a software company, 10 of them walked away, two of them stayed around afterwards. And like, I like it like that, like that seemed normal to me. And I understand like why in high school, like I might have been weird or different, um, but I was just authentically true to myself and doing what I enjoyed. And I think more people in this space should follow that and say, hey, this is what makes me happy, what I enjoy doing. I'm going to
0: go do it. But I, re- I respect that so much. Not, not just that, but just the fact of like I have always also noticed like all the skills you've accumulated, like starting from there, then you learn how to code. Then not only that, but you don't, people that have, I'm not saying you're this pro coder, but just the fact that you know, some JavaScript, the fact that you know, some JavaScript, you're starting a marketing company, you strike business deals, you know, you're, you're just involved in art. It's like, it's kind of like, you're really a jack of all trades. I was going to ask you my, actually, I had an interesting conversation with someone and my parents, my whole life, they're, they're in the medical industry, they're doctors, they told me, they wanted me to be a doctor. And this guy looked at me and he was less like, uh, the ja- a jack of all trades is a master of none, but a master of none, is something is a be- or, a ma- or a master of all is not as good as a master of none, saying that it's better to be a jack of all trades. So, if, and I kind of relate to you too on the high school thing. It's because as we grow, grow older, I kind of look back, like I was never, co- I didn't care about like going out to like the parties and like being the fa- popular kid at the time kind of like you, I just wanted to collect. I wanted to build. I want. I was on my own little world. And so I wanted to ask you to end this interview. If you had to say a, a goal for yourself, if we were to have a conversation in a year, where would you say future proof media would be a year from now? If you had to guess. Oh, that's a hard question. Cause I don't like to speculate.
1: Um, Oh, I don't know. I I think because I don't even know where the space is going to be. It's hard to say. I would, I will definitely say we'll be around like we're not going anywhere. Um, And I think that we're definitely going to look far different than we look today. And that's because I'm not a maxi on this is our model and this is going to be what works. I'm very open to listening to people that are smarter than me. Tell me this is a direction we should go. And I think, That's why I've found you know, I I haven't always tried to be the smartest person in the room, the loudest in the room, and I understand I'm not the best. Um, and this clicked for me when I I have a friend, Cameron Johnson. Um, I think he was like the youngest uh American person to ever serve on a board company in Japan.
0: Um, I mean, I thought you were about to tell me, I don't know, you don't know, there's this basketball player. I was like, Are you talking about the basketball player? But all right, same thing, yeah, so. He he came and
1: spoke at Virginia Tech, and that's how I I met him. Um, and he was like, you know, I never was the best at anything. I was a jack of all trades, but like that meant I knew like how to work with people that were smarter and better at those things to go do like what my mind told me to do. Um, and so I think with future proof, I have LDF, I have VGF, I have tropo, I have Mark Bitcoin, I have. Uh, Depeche node. I have economists. Like I have people that I look at and another company would look and be like, holy shit. He has like you have an the best team. of the best. Yeah, an right. And I think the fact that I understand how to operate within that space and that I'm going to listen to what they have to say and make sure that if I overlook or miss something that they're most likely going to have a better view on it. I, I can navigate a lot of like the rapids and the rocks and the water um, and survive a year from now.
0: I, I kinda, I definitely, you know, one thing I will say is I already believed in you, but this interview definitely kind of like you kind of definitely, I didn't know you were like, so like, you know, good and you're just operating at that level. Like that's kind of impressive for, for me, especially because, I do think you're one of the people that are truly leading the space. I appreciate that. No, no, I got, of course, I admit that from the start. And not only that, like, I definitely believe that. I don't even think it's a question at this point that Future Proof will be around. Because as you said, you do have an all-star team lined up. That's kind of crazy when you were just listing them out. I just was thinking about all their Twitter profiles. I was like, what the (laughs) hell? But anyway, um, I'm going to end this off. I will see you in a week and a half at NFT NYC. A hundred percent. If there's any way, like again, I don't mean to intrude, but you said you were doing this bar thing. Um that's what I'm going there for. I want to have fun and make, make connections. So if you ever if you know whenever that bar thing's going, I would love to be there. Am um, I might to- I I wish I
1: had like a way to text LDF and see if I'm allowed to say stuff, but um, we're gonna have a wild time uh Tuesday. Um, I think from six to nine, Paradise Club in uh in Times Square uh there's gonna be some certain nft artists showing off art uh in person well not in person but we'll have art displayed uh, some interesting speakers and i've paid for an open bar so uh, come have <laughs> a good time uh but yeah i'm gonna probably start announcing some more information on that uh next week and Are you you exactly speaking. where do you live right now by the way uh, so i'm in la right now i i move around i don't have a,
0: a spot right now <laughs> Oh, really? I live in Las Vegas. So you're, 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 you don't, do you live at all on the East coast ever or do you so live my, I, coast? In, in Baltimore? Yeah. Oh, so you really travel between, you travel, you commute between Baltimore and uh, L.A.? yeah so i mean i wherever i need to be like and
1: and i think that's that's, dope that's goddamn. It's it's fun but at the same time like i really hate that i have a suitcase on the ground here right now and it's like i'd love to have a dresser again i can't wait you're saying
0: you you kind of you feel like in this lifestyle you don't have a a real home home yeah I, i
1: i mean ever since i quit my job um i haven't been like in a spot for more than a week or two so um it's been interesting. I'm, I'm enjoying it though. Uh, See, I I'm want to like, like, do I, that. It's, it's one of those, like I'll never have this opportunity again. I don't yeah. have a family and
0: kids. So why not? No, that's really dope. I, I just love the way you said it. Like wherever I need to be, I'm there. So anyway, uh, Hunter, this episode will be out tomorrow. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you so much for doing this with me. You are the man. And as I said, like, I, I definitely do believe that you and future proof will be here for a while.
1: I appreciate that. I'm, I'm beyond humble by that. Yeah.
0: Thank you, my guy. And I, I will, I'm so one more thing. Sorry. I have to apologize. I will bother you with on Twitter. I'd mark it two, three days of, uh, of the week. So I'm sorry if I bother you with notifications. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. My guy, thank you so much. Be safe. I'll see have you on NFT NYC.